Hello and welcome to Could We Do That? The group episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just an episode where we talk about ourselves a little bit so that everyone kind of gets to know uh, what we are about and why we're doing this show in the first place. the brainchild of uh, TJ, so I'll let him kick start it off. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Putting him on the spot, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it was, though. I mean, like, he came to me, really, and, and brought up the idea of this podcast, and it evolved, obviously, since when he mm-hmm. we started it, but it was sort of, you know, his, his idea, so I wanted him to kick it off for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh okay <laughs> you um, tell us a little bit uh, tell everybody what the podcast is about at least just like the basis of it uh yeah i guess so uh the podcast basically is a couple of guys talking about work and work related things basically discussing jobs figuring out what is involved in those jobs what it takes to do them and uh essentially boiling it down to what it takes to do it yeah awesome uh so essentially we've we all have a variety of experiences in different jobs and we thought it would be cool to just uh come together and and put our minds together and see what else is out there and and so i guess to start everything off we should probably just talk about ourselves a little bit and what we do right sounds like a good jumping off point to me yeah, so uh, TJ and I, we know each other pretty well. <laughs> I mean, we grew up together. So, uh, Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about about what, how you got where you are and, and what you do? Yeah, so, um, I mean, similar to the two of you, I grew up in small town Ontario. Uh, you know, I've been working since I was 14. Um TJ, I, I know you've been working a little bit uh, longer than that, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Did you uh, did you have a job like around those like early teen years or when did you yeah, start? So, well, I did. I started working probably my first job when, it, when I was 13 ish. 14-ish, but it was just really just a, <laughs> it, it was whatever age you are in grade nine. I don't right. really know. Um, yeah. yeah, that's 13, 14. Yeah, 14, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was something, it wasn't a, uh, like an official job. It was sort of like under the, under the desk kind of uh, paycheck <laughs> kind of work, you know? Um, yeah. It was just like setting up gym gymnastics equipment at the at the local school. Did that right. for a couple of years just so I could like make you know video game money. Is <laughs> <laughs> really what it was. I mean, needless no. to say, I think uh, the three of us had similar motivations for uh, for getting into into work that early. Um, I mean, you know, as a as a kid growing up in the country, you kind of have to uh, do something. So otherwise you, uh, get into the streets. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a real bad drug problem in Muskoka. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so, um, I mean, this is going to sound a little, a little arrogant maybe, but, uh, I noticed from like a young age, like 14, when I was working at the, the hotel in my hometown, um, I got a lot of compliments on like 
things like work ethic. And um, my bosses at the hotel actually started having me train people who were starting like, you know, real employees, not just 14 year old kids. Um, but yeah, I was training people at probably 15. So, and then, uh, so how yeah. did you like, how did you get that job at 14? Like what, what, how did you like, uh, start, what were you doing there? Were you just like the, the desk clerk or whatever? Yeah. What was called? your first job there? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> my mom worked in accounts payable. I want to say she was in accounting at the hotel. Um, and they needed extra hands for the summer. Um, primarily in the restaurant, um, cottages is what it was called. And, uh, so I volunteered, I was like, yeah, I need video game money. My soccer refereeing wasn't exactly, uh, paying for all the video games I wanted. So, um, you know, I, it was, a and it initially started as something I would do on weekends and holidays. Um, but very few weekends, if I'm honest. Um, and then the summer breaks, I would start. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I started in the, in the restaurant, um, uh, as a back server, I think is what the technical title was called. Basically a serving assistant. I would help, um, prepare tables, uh, by putting cutlery on them, you know, doing the cutlery roll-ups, polishing the cutlery. Oh God. I used to polish cutlery for eight hours a day. Like oh, no joke. I didn't, I, the only time I would leave the, the room, um, they had this weird sort of setup. It was, uh, in the back, they had a small room that the in-room dining was run out of. And I used to sit in there for eight hours, just polishing cutlery. I would go from there to the dish pit back again, back again, back again. It was so menial and so dull, but I was making 14 bucks an hour. And back then minimum wage was like, I don't know, 11. 10, 10, 11 bucks, something yeah, like that. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like laughing, man. Like I had money rolling in. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least I thought I did. I mean, I, I spent it on like the dumbest stuff, but what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, so I did that. Um, I started running in-room dining a bit. You know, I did some of the orders. Oh man, I can tell you some stories about some people <laughs> that I ran into in the hotel, man, like in various states of dress and come into the door. It's like, bro, you ordered room service. How are you not prepared for it to arrive? <laughs> um, but yeah, I got, uh, got a little frustrated with doing that gig. So one summer I ended up doing landscaping for a while, uh, at the hotel until I developed a severe rash on my hands from like some kind of reaction. They put me right back in the restaurant. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and I also worked in the spa. I was a spa greeter for a while. Oh, really? That one, that one was interesting. Yeah. Um, your term, I got to imagine that went perfectly. <laughs> that big, beautiful Jake smile yeah. came on. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That was, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I got the in from my mom and then I was basically allowed to go wherever I wanted because, you know, the department heads all like knew who I was and knew I was a good worker. So they just basically, I was like, yeah, I want to try something else. They're like, okay, cool. We'll put you in this department. And then of course the department head of the department I was working in was always protesting like, no, don't take them. 
<laughs> that's um, how you know you're a good worker right there yeah and i mean like what kind of a confidence boost is that yeah. when you're like 14 and you're at your first like real gig you know you have to get like actual paychecks and shit so mm-hmm. um yeah so did that um and then you know there was one at the the last two weeks of each summer, I always spent at summer camp. This is probably starting just the year before, actually, I started working. So um, when I was 16, I ended up being a camp counselor for the summer. Um, so I would still work at the hotel on um, some weekends, mostly like long weekends and, and holidays. Um the new year shift was always brutal. I had to work like 36 hours straight one year. It's nuts. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I had four hours off between shifts. That's, I mean, (laughs) they actually, they actually put me up in a hotel room upstairs and I was stoked and I didn't know any better. So I was like, yeah, whatever, man, it's cool. I'll work. I'll work. (laughs) But I made like 200 bucks in tips that night. So, I mean, who am I to complain? Anyway, um, back to the camp counseling. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was a camp counselor for a while. Um, that was an interesting gig. I don't have, do you, do either of you have, uh, any experience with like a summer camp or sleepaway camp or anything like that? I did a few years at one of those Christian summer camp things. Oh yeah. Yeah. As a counselor. Oh, that's a counselor, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's oh, how I got okay. all my uh, volunteer time back in high school. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I've, I've only been to camp like as a, as a camper, like it was back oh, yeah. in, it was back when I still lived in like uh Toronto area. It was, it was a long time ago. Um, but it was, it was you know, different for sure. It was, it was, I was like kind of still new to the country and, and, and it was all, yeah. it was all a lot, but, uh, yeah, that must yeah. have been an experience. <laughs> Culture yeah. shock times like 50. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, a good experience, I think in the long run, but it was a lot at the time for sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I don't know, summer camp, people see it in different lights, right? Some people really loved it. Some people hated it. You know, you you never really know um, what kind of audience you're talking to when you're talking about summer camp. But all all this to say, my time there was pretty incredible. Um, I fucked up a lot. (laughs) And like, even to the point where um, the camp director actually sat down actually all of the boys camp counselors because he didn't know who was participating. Basically we had a fight club that we set up oh <laughs> just between counselors. Then no one's supposed to talk about that. Well, <laughs> yeah. A statute of limitations. Isn't that you the know? first rule? <laughs> it was nuts though, man. The, the director um, like sat us all down after staff snack one night. It was like, okay. I feel like I have to explain a little bit more. Um, there'd be like a couple counselors that would stay in like boys camp um, and girls camp respectively. Um, And they would basically be a point of contact for the kids if they had something going on. And then the rest of the counselors and staff went to staff snack, which is at night. It's a time for the staff to socialize and like bond and and stuff like that. I mean, we were kids too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 
Um, so yeah, it was a good system, but there was a few nights and it got to be fairly frequent where after staff snack, we would go back, we'd hang out at the uh, night patrol table. That's what the the guys were called there that stayed back. And we would uh, do a little fight club, you know, Uh, (laughs) no, no punching, but it was more of like a wrestling club, I I suppose. Um, That is until one of my buddies who uh, it wasn't much of a buddy after this <laughs> dropped another one of my buddies on the ground from like his full height. Like, oh, yeah, it just wasn't a cool move, man. Like mm. he, he was about to tap, like we all knew it. And then he just dropped him. And we were like, God damn, bro. Like that is, so he spent a bunch of time in the health center director gathered us up. He's like, listen, I'm going to need all participants to stay here. The rest of you can leave. So everybody, I stayed. I got a little integrity. I stayed. A bunch of my really good buddies stayed. Some of the questionables left. And the camp director just straight up goes, all right. So I know some people that participated left. And I'm like, oh, shit. And uh, he's like, you guys are going to have to tell me who they are. They're going to get a severe punishment you guys are just all banned from staff snack for three days <laughs> which to me was the end of the world man. <laughs> it was the only time you got to like socialize with the other counselors without like having to worry about the campers you know we had this like camper centric mindset which you know a, a camp wants you, you need to have that it's it's key to the whole process right it's why it made me so attracted to the role and and, uh to begin with but um yeah it was it was hell (laughs) (laughs) but uh i I do attribute the the experience that i I gained as a camp counselor um to a lot of my success in business to be honest um you know there there's nothing like running on a couple hours of sleep every night and like executing your duties and like, you know, making sure you're certified in first aid and like your bronze cross, so you can lifeguard and like all this stuff. Like it's a lot of responsibility to thrust on a kid. How uh, old were you when you were doing that, Jake? I was 16, man. Okay. Yeah. 16 and uh, 17. I did it for, basically I did it for one full year and then the next year I tried to work at uh, the hotel for the whole summer. They ended up fucking me around a bit and I told them I was leaving. So in a last ditch effort to keep me, they offered me a spot in the kitchen, which I had never done before, but I turned them down because I just wanted to go back to camp. I was, I was missing it. And uh, you know, like the money was shit, but you don't spend any of it. So there's that. <laughs> um but yeah, man, it's a lot of uh, responsibility thrust on a kid and then you, you go through it and you come out and, you know, when you're in it, it's sort of really tough. A lot of times you, you only got six days off for the entire summer. So like no weekends, no holidays, just like six 24 hour periods off and you couldn't take any back to back. So it was a lot of a lot of work. And I, I mean, I would say it it definitely helped to instill like more of that work ethic that I had already gained from the the hotel and like led to me being able to like push myself like 
past those like normal full-time limits that people have, you know, like the 40 hours a week or whatever. So when I went into university and I started looking for a summer job that would actually pay the bills, um, I was contacted by one of my friends who was, um, actually, sorry, I contacted her. She was looking for painters for a painting business she was going to start. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like I can work with her. That's, that's great. So I reached out and she's like, no, I, I don't think you'd be that great a painter. I think you'd be really good at what I'm doing, like running a painting business. So she gave me a referral to the recruiting people over there and college pro painting ended up picking me up and choosing me to run one of their franchises in Gravenhurst. So um, that was, that was a crazy experience. Um, I feel like I'm rambling a bit. (laughs) No, I mean, I was just, I was on mute, but I was saying, (laughs) I was saying that's nuts that they just wanted you to like take over like a a leadership position like that. They clearly saw something in you that, that was, uh, that was right for the job. Yeah, it it was such an interesting interview process and and one I I don't think I'll ever experience again. Well, I certainly hope not. Um, but they had actually because of the nature of the the stuff like they were trying to find college kids or university kids to run these painting businesses and like teach them like entrepreneurial skills and whatever whatever, right? They had um their tagline was entrepreneurs start here. And um <laughs> I mean it was really true like you know, I, I was thrust into this world where it's just a bunch of 20 somethings. I was 19 at the time, um, who were running these businesses and some were like massively successful, like to the tune of like profiting 200,000 wow. in a, in a summer, yeah. wow. like in a four month summer. So like there were these people and I was like, holy shit, like, how do I become these people? And, you know, throughout the interview process, they even went so far as to like call, there was like a parent call. So they called my parents. What? Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, they're your young, like university kids or whatever. They asked you for your permission to do it first, but, Mm. um, but yeah, they called my mom and um, I'll always remember this. My mom told me all about the conversation after she called me right after Um, the interviewer, John, like called her. She's like, Hey, whatever. I'm John from college pro. My mom's like, Oh, okay, cool. My son told me you would be calling blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the biggest question that stood out was she, she told me that he asked her how I dealt with stress. And I think (laughs) her answer was he just doesn't get stressed, (laughs) which like, I know now is completely not true, but in, in reality, what she was seeing was my ability to just suppress that stress and then like take it out through other methods. Um, With it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have good stress management skills, but at the time, you know, she sees this teenage kid who's, you know, doing all this crazy shit. And like, I, when I was in high school, I did like 14 extracurricular activities. Um, I was on like a bunch of councils and like athletic associations and then different like sports teams and, uh, like ski and snowboard club, like a camping club, like all this shit. So like, she's like, yeah, like he just doesn't 
get stressed. Like he, he's never been that kind of person. Like I always had like a laissez-faire approach to, or fuck, well, how do you pronounce that? Laissez-faire um, approach to, uh, you had it right. <laughs> to high school. Um, I was one of those annoying kids that like didn't study, but still got good grades. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it was just so surreal. Like uh, John called me, I think a couple days after the interview and he was like, can you tell me a bit about like any stressful experiences you've had? I'm like, well, like, I suppose I've had some, but I don't know, like I just kind of go throughout my life and, and live it. And it was like the most, like if he hadn't have talked to my mom and she hadn't have confirmed and corroborated this story, like that would, he would have thought I was just being a fuck. Right. Like, <laughs> but it turned out like he liked me enough and liked that answer enough that, uh, I went in there and I actually ended up taking that franchise. Um, it had produced like $30,000 the, the year before I took it over in the summer. I, I took that production up to 93,000 in the first summer. And then the second summer, I had a bit of an issue with production. So I ended up selling like $154,000 in work. Um, but I only ended up producing like 90 of it. And then I sold the rest off to other franchisees. I was still making a profit on it, but um, I couldn't actually produce it myself. So the profit was a little bit less. Um yeah, I did that. And then how many years um, were you at that, at that job? That was two years. That was two, two years. years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so two, two summers, uh, just under a quarter million in sales. Um, I think my, I, I put it on my resume recently. I think it's, I think the number I put on my resume is like 234 or something. I want to be conservative. <laughs> <laughs> um, plus, you know, I didn't produce like all of it. So I felt kind of, I didn't want to lie to them, but I wanted them to know that I sold a fuckload. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, before I actually graduated, I was trying to find somebody that would hire me when I, when I graduated um, because like a total idiot, I spent all of the money that I made in college, bro. I absolutely <laughs> should have no student debt. <laughs> um but yeah i i partied like an absolute animal honestly and i blew all the money <laughs> so i needed a job like desperately like i was doing odd jobs here and there there was this i did a stint where for a while where i was um delivering slices of cake in my car wow uh, yeah <laughs> Like slices I, of cake huh not yeah, cake so, slices man this this is actually so crazy so I was just trolling through Facebook one day and like, you know, I'm always when when I'm in the mindset of I need money, I'm always looking out for opportunities. So I just happened to see in the free and for sale page, this guy, Calvin posted an ad and he's like, Hey, I'm looking for a delivery driver, um, for this, like, you know, cake business that I have. Um, I I'd like to do interviews like, you know, in the next week or so. So I contact him. You know, we set up the interview for like a Thursday or whatever. I go downtown. I, I drove my, you know, shitty old 04 Camry down there, but I was wearing a suit because it's a job interview. You wear a suit to a job interview. And then I walk in. He's like, yeah, you're hired. And I was uh, like, what? 
He's like, and <laughs> nobody else showed up in a suit. I feel like you're taking me seriously. Like, I'm just going to hire you. Wow. <laughs> like, he, he asked a couple of questions as well, like on top of that. But it was it was so fast. And yeah, Calvin's, uh, I think he's running like some mental health startup now back in the UK where he's from. Um, really impressive dude. But yeah, I was this delivery driver for a while. So uh, he would basically buy cakes from this uh bakery on walk street and then split them up into slices and then put them in like new small boxes. And it was my job to deliver them. So he'd get a bunch of calls. He'd advertise all over campus. He'd get a bunch of calls. I made a killing in tips and I made so much beer money. I was still in my party phase, but <laughs> I made so much beer money. It was insane. Uh, yeah, uh, I would, I, I wore my suit actually while I was delivering. So people were like, <laughs> people were like what is going on i was wearing like a full like three-piece suit like nice vest and everything there's no way they'd ever forget you after that buddy exactly (laughs) man we had a bunch of repeat customers and uh let me tell you like i don't know every time oh yeah Uh, yeah yeah i wore the suit every time uh i had um I think I had like two suits at the time. There were some days where I only wore the vest and the pants with the dress shirt. Um, <laughs> but, you know, our, our customer base was mostly, mostly women. So at mm. the time I was loving life. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, and they just kept, they would like throw money at me. It was so great. Um, anyway, so yeah, I was doing all this kind of stuff um, just to try and make ends meet. Well, make beer ends meet. Um, and then I did a couple of interviews. I signed up with a recruiting firm. I was doing everything I could to try and get hired. So I ended up failing a course and I needed to do one more course in like the summer term to graduate. Uh, and this fashion company who I was interviewing with, they had asked me sort of like, you know, do I have a degree, this kind of thing and whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, I had said at the time, cause the interview happened before I technically was supposed to graduate. I was like, Oh, like I'll be finishing up my degree soon. Um, and then what happened was they sort of just assumed that I did finish. Um, and <laughs> I ended up getting that job and was selling suits to like C-level executives in downtown Toronto before I was even technically graduated. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> yeah, that was, that was, it was honestly nuts. And a month into that, um, they were doing their like semi-annual meeting that they do in, um, in Estonia of all places. So they, they flew me out there. Um, wow, it was really? my, yeah, my first time going to Europe. Um, wow. Estonia. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was in Estonia for a week, um, just on the company's dime. And, you know, we, we fucked around so much and, you know, had a great time and, you know, learned some stuff about, uh, sales and sales skills and all this stuff too. And, um, it ended up, ended up not going so well for me after a bit. I had a, like a really terrible manager. There was, there was a change in management about my third month in and I only lasted another month. I, I, I was so done with the place. So um, Enterprise, who I did my longest uh, career stint with of four years, um, they had reached out to me on LinkedIn and 
I decided that was enough for me to quit my job. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, screw it, man. Like, I, so, I don't need anything else. I'll get something. I'll figure it out. Sorry. At this point, had you finished your degree? Like when? You- yeah, I, I did finish my degree with my one course that I took. I, I think I graduated mm-hmm. technically in July. And sorry, what was your degree in? Economics. Economics. Okay. So yeah. there is a, like a business background. Like there is a reason why you're sort of, you sort of like drawn to business and, and businesses in general, right? Um, yes and no, that, that's, that's sort of a thing. Um, like when I was in, maybe you guys can speak to this a bit too. I'm sure everybody has sort of a, like a different experience with like applying to universities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was growing up, I always thought I was going to be a, uh, like doctor or lawyer. I, I like the first thing I ever wanted to be was a paleontologist. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. yeah. Fucking oh, yeah. dinosaur fossils. Oh, yeah. Like, let's go to discover the next fucking, we'll name it a Jacosaurus, you know? <laughs> uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I did all this STEM stuff in, in high school mm-hmm. and, you know, I just kept going with it. Cause my parents were like, you know, keep all your doors open. Like you should do mm-hmm. something like they, they always wanted what was best for me. They always wanted me to have a better life than they had, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so it came time to do the application. I'm sitting in the computer lab and the school was running some kind of pilot project where you got to apply for like three different, um, universities, uh, for free. So I initially, I had selected like science here, science there, science, whatever, and then I was looking at my application. I was like, I'm not going to make enough money. And my whole thing was like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to have a, a better life than my parents. Like we, we'd always struggled with money when I was young and I wanted that to not be an issue in my life. And I'm sitting there looking at things and I'm like, you know what? Like, fuck this. I'm going to apply for commerce. So I applied for three different commerce programs, got into only one, and it was Mac. <laughs> I mean, commerce, I would still sort of consider like the STEM uh, path, I guess, like mathematics and, and sort of business. Um, but it is interesting that you diverged quite a bit from high school to university because, you know, most people I know did just what they did in high school, but in university. Yeah. And a lot of them quit after the first year and switched to the thing they actually wanted. It. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. that was the thing too, because I got accepted for, you know, degree commerce, but I graduated with an econ degree. So I, I actually <laughs> flunked out of the program in my first year. Um, I had like a bunch of issues. I, my roommate at the time, uh, my buddy, Jack, we're, we're good buddies now. Um, but back then he was, uh, you know, an old Muskoka boy. We fucking used to fuck around in high school all the time. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, why not live with, with somebody that's at least a little familiar when I'm going to a city I have no fucking clue about. Um, but yeah, he, we had some, some issues. There's a lot of drinking. There was a time when I, you know, found him passed out on the floor <laughs> and he got really mad at me because I called the uh, like emergency people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was quite <laughs> fucked. And, you know, I missed, I missed the grade cutoff by, by literally a 10th of a, a point. 
Wow. Yeah. Oh my throughout, God, that's throughout all that, I, I missed it by a tenth of a point. And um, I just decided, you know what? I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to go into economics. You know, I, I've always had that's sort of like the area of focus that I like. I was doing a, um, trying to do a, a math minor in my first year. So I took like calculus for science and like linear algebra and stuff. I passed all that, but uh, not by much, by skin of my teeth, honestly. <laughs> it's a little more difficult mm-hmm. to pass when you're um, like not immersed in it, you know? But uh, yeah, ended up changing into economics. And then when that opportunity to go work with College Pro and like run my own franchise there happened, I, um, I was like, I have to do this mm-hmm. because I, I, yeah. I have to prove to myself that, you know, funking out of commerce wasn't the end of business for me. I, I sort of, it ended up being like a, per, a point of personal pride to say like, yeah, I might've flunked out, but I can do business. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So that was my big motivation for that. And then you know, eventually when I made it into to enterprise after the, the suit sales gig went, went sideways, um, I just sort of had this mentality that I needed to put it out all out on the floor. Like you just needed to, I needed to go, I needed to go hard and I needed to make money. So, you know, my first year there, I made like 42 grand second year. I made 64 and my third year was 85. Wow. Um, I just kept pushing it and like pushing for more and more and more. And, you know, I, I was doing great until, until COVID and got laid off, you know, like sometimes, like I always had a goal for myself to, to make a hundred K by the time I was 25. And if COVID didn't happen, I would have done it. I I was, I was fully on track to probably clear about 110, um, you know, in, in, uh, 2020 and then COVID hit and here I am. Yeah. You, you had another project you had on the go too, right, Jake? Right before COVID? Right. Um, I guess it was like during COVID. Yeah, was, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. yeah it was during COVID. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I got into that from like a former, um, a former customer of mine, like from enterprise. Uh, we, had, we always had a good rapport um, and I ended up, signing on with him to like start a rental division for his dealership once I was laid off from enterprise and um, realized that like, I wasn't going to be able to come back. Um, So, you know, I, I was weighing that against, um, I was weighing that against another offer I'd had uh, for an old college pro buddy of mine who kept, kept going with the painting stuff. Um, He had actually reached out to me, wanting me to run like a territory for him basically. Um, and so I, I ended up going with the car sales thing cause I, or well, the rental thing, because I thought, I thought it had more legs, if you know what I mean. I, I thought it would go further. He's offered me a higher like equity, you know? Um, but that all turned out to be bullshit. You know, there, there was a lot of shit that, that didn't go the way I thought it would. Um, a lot of obstacles that I had to climb over that I didn't think would be in front of me. Um, and I mean, to cut a long story short, basically, I didn't see the guy living up to any of his promises. So 
you know, we sort of had like a mutual decision that it was time for me to go. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like I am so out of here. Um, he did have the decency to let me go. I've done air quotes. You can't see, but, um, that way I could like get a eye and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, I was sort of tired of the auto industry. I realized that like guys like that just exist. The old dogs who want to do things the old way and yeah. fucking have no tolerance for change or patience to wait for results. Um, so yeah, then I did a full career shift into fucking banking of all things. And now I feel like I'm at the pinnacle of my economics degree. I'm in banking. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. Your degree actually came full circle. Yeah. And I, off. I'm going to hang it up in my office at the bank, man. Like <laughs> if you went into the bank, you saw somebody with an yeah. economics degree, you'd be like, man, this guy is born to be a banker. <laughs> I love it, buddy. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's one of those few professions where you can actually do that. If I hang my degree, I'm jackass. Like what am I doing? <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh shit. So so right now, uh just quickly, um, so you are a small business advisor at one of the top banks in Canada, right? Correct. Yeah. So um just wondering like what's your sort of day-to-day now? I mean, is it I imagine it's much different than what you were doing at Enterprise. Super different. Yeah. So um the the Canadian banking industry is super regulated, um, which means that my weeks thus far, I'm only a few weeks into this, um, have been basically courses on courses on courses on rules for disclosures, rules for uh, detecting money laundering, terrorist financing, fraud in general, um, just so many courses about like all this different stuff. And I'm sure the learning process would be a bit different Um had COVID not been a thing, but, uh, I mean, to cut it, to say it succinctly, I guess it, it's a lot of regulatory compliance. Um, now when I do move into actually seeing clients, um, it's going to be basically my day to day is setting meetings with small businesses, you know, their owners, there'll be both like external and internal uh, prospecting done by me uh, to get these meetings. And from there, my job is basically to listen, to listen and help these business owners discover their needs so that I can make a suggestion that will help them perform basically. The, the bank's very relationship and customer focused. Everything we do is in service of the customer. Um, now, I, it, it's sort of tough to elaborate on as I haven't done much of it yet, but that's basically my understanding is my, my primary responsibility is to help because that will lead to sales results. And that that's something that you know, as a fairly successful salesperson, I've been practicing for a while. Um, because once, once you help somebody with their business, like whether it's, you know, providing them inventory via used cars at enterprise or, you know, providing them banking products that are like affordable and and do what they want them to do. Um, 
you become like integral to these like small businesses or dealerships. Like once you have that relationship, they just want to keep coming back to you for more and more. And you build your relationship. You also build your book of business at the same time. And you can feel good about it because contrary to popular belief, salespeople aren't always these fucking sharks, you know, like if you're doing it properly and from a relationship based selling or value based selling, like, um, strategy, you can really feel good about what you're doing. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, uh, one thing I've noticed, um, about you in the time that we've known each other is that one thing you're really, really good at is, is forming connections and, and networking really. And, and in your, position um that's like the key thing right you want to build mm-hmm. those relationships you want to network with those people so they come back and they bring bring people with them kind of thing and yeah that's something that both of you are really good at and something that both of you have been really had to use in your previous positions um for sure it's something that i struggle with personally um Oh, I don't think so, buddy. I think you're getting yeah, good you're, at this point. You're quite personable, buddy. Yeah, I think you've grown a lot more than you think. I just, it's just the networking part. I, I have a, I have a hard time sort of going up to somebody and just, you know, introducing myself and being like, Hey, you know, get to know me kind of thing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough, but you're right. I mean, it's definitely way better than it was in university. That's for sure. I'd go to job fairs and just like wander around, not talking to anybody. So I've come yeah. a long way since then. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, buddy. Networking is like, it's, it takes some time to, to get used to. A lot of people are afraid of it because they're afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I think like the key thing to remember though, when you're networking, I, I feel like we could do a whole podcast on networking. Should um, be we should probably add list. that to the list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, this is a quick f- sort of base level overview. The, the best way to network I've found is not to approach people with a mindset of what can you do for me, but what can I do for them? Um, and you know, it might take a little bit of conceitedness, a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of confidence, you know, to sort of be in a position where you think you can do things for people, but that's really all it takes. Like what, what can I do for them? I can, I can impart some kind of knowledge onto these people and they can probably use it in some way. Now, whatever that knowledge is, you know, will vary, but that that's the key. You know, it's a lot easier to approach somebody when you're like, Hey, like, I want to help you. Like, how can I do that? Yeah. Good advice. Yeah, no, that really is good advice. I think you're right. A lot of it comes from fear of rejection. Um, That's something that I've also had to deal with and gotten better with. Um, It's just, yeah, you got to grow into it and get some confidence is, is, is key too. Yeah. It's wild, man. Um, I mean, that was a amazing detailed history. I, I covered <laughs> anything that I could have asked for, really. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. No, no, it's good. It's a good thing. I was saying yeah, that in a good really way. Good. Um, you, you just like you nailed it. <laughs> I, I hope I hope I do as good a job as you did there. Uh, but I don't really have any anything to follow up with, TJ. Do you? No, that pretty well covers it for me too. Well, Jake, could we do that? <laughs> answer answer the, the main question we got. Yeah, by. I mean, fuck, you, you boys have a lot of the same 
uh, skills I think I possess. So I, I think given, given the opportunity and, and the drive to succeed in a sales specific environment, you absolutely could. Um, that being said, do I think either one of you would survive in corporate enterprise or at a bank? That's a tough question for me. <laughs> I've never seen either one of you in a suit. So I, I don't know huh. about that. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. When I worked at Atlantic, I would be at least dress clothes, um, sometimes a suit. But oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a. I'm a guy who's all about comfort. You guys know that. I'm in oh, PJs yeah. as soon as I walk through the door. Like that's just that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, like I think you you guys absolutely could do that. Would you want to? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. 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 Don't worry, um, but you don't hurt my feelings. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, man. Oh shit. Um yeah, well, thanks for sharing with us, buddy. You're the first one to open up and couldn't have been super easy, but thanks for kicking the kicking the ball off. Mm-hmm.